This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hello. Okay, without further ado, enjoy the show. Tens of thousands of years ago, far too long to still be contained in the logs, a starship named the Far Traveler was struck by an asteroid. Its inhabitants, not needing the minerals, had foregone their ping duty and had paid the ultimate price. The thousand-ton chunk of rock and metal ripped through one tip of the two-kilometer-long cylindrical vessel, passed through the entire length of the ship in seconds, and exited the other side. The ship decompressed, killing all of its inhabitants with one exception. A woman, the ship's chief medical officer, was able to seal herself in a spacesuit before her room depressurized completely. She searched her dead ship and found the body of a single man who had been impaled on the jagged metal where the asteroid had entered the ship. All other inhabitants and most of the ship's supplies had been sucked out in the explosive decompression. She repaired the holes in the hull, first teaching herself how, then repressurized the ship with a spare oxygen supply. Then she began to work on a device that would, hopefully, ensure the survival of her race, a cloning machine. After many decades, she was finally successful, but only partially. The genes she had taken from herself and the dead man she had found produced children that could not reproduce. And she herself was far beyond the age of reproduction. She taught them instead how to use and repair the machine she had built. When she died, her children slowly repopulated the ship. And today, tens of thousands of years later, their exact genetic duplicates are negotiating with Lon, Captain Yohei, and several merchants, bankers, and farmers of another ship. The Umbra. We don't want ears of corn. We want the entire plant. Several of them. Then we want several male and female chickens that have mated successfully in the past. You must admit that your computers contain far less information than ours. I'd say instead of an even trade of information, you need to offer something more. That's preposterous. How can you place a value in information? Easy. It's our information. We value it as we see fit. And throughout these talks, Captain Cataran, the genetic duplicate of every woman on her ship, and the twin of the woman who had saved her race from extinction, couldn't help but steal glances across the table at the Umbra's head ambassador, Lon. Frequently, she noticed, he was looking back at her. <laughs> I can't believe 
believe how long that took. Your captain is quite the shrewd negotiator. <laughs> shrewd negotiator. You're being kinder than I would be. Well, I'm trying to remain a shrewd negotiator myself. <laughs> what are you looking at? You? I just can't believe it. What? My bulbous nose? <laughs> Hardly. It's beautiful. It's just different. As are your ears. And you all look alike on your ship. Yep. Can I ask you a stupid question? Go ahead. Oh. Why? Boom! <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just trying to figure out a way to ask you the same thing. We don't. I mean, why you all look so different? Huh. That's a good question. I don't really know. We just come out that way. Do you have, like, a big library of people you get your genes from when you impregnate your women? Hello! What? I don't know how to answer that one. I mean, sure, I guess. A woman can have sex with anybody. I mean, it's usually her husband, but... What does sex have to do with getting pregnant? Okay, I think we're making some assumptions here that we should. I'm going to explain how it works here. This may be a bit simplistic. I'm sorry. When you meet someone that you like, who likes you, you get married. Someone of the opposite sex, I mean, a man meets a woman, eventually someone in the ship dies and the slot is free to have a child. The woman goes off her birth control and, well, you know... You know what? She, she gets pregnant. That much I get. What I don't get is this birth control. Is this some kind of drug? Yeah, it's in the food. Everybody eats it, but it only works on women. It keeps them from getting pregnant. When you have permission, you get special food with no drug. Without the drug, a woman could get pregnant anytime she... Well, you know. I'm sorry, I don't know. Every time she does what? Every time she has... sex. You mean your women get pregnant every time you have sex? Well, yeah. Not every single time. It takes some people a few tries. And never if she's on the birth control. How in space does it work for you? Cataran told him. She did not know the complete story, of course. All she knew was that their race had been saved by an intelligent woman, mother to them all. And when someone died on their ship, one of the women was impregnated with the machine, with the original genetic code from either the man or the woman whose bodies survived the accident. That is amazing. That woman must have been brilliant and strong. That woman, in every way, is me. <laughs> then I guess I just paid you a wonderful compliment. I guess you did. Okay, my turn for questions. Of course. You get together with a woman in marriage in order to have children. Well, in a sense, the only technical reason to get married is to be eligible for children. But still, there are more reasons. You don't get married to just anybody. You find someone you like who likes you too. And you? Are you married? Oh, no. I could get married, I suppose, but... Do you have someone you wish to marry? Lon thought of Madrine not at all as he stared into Cataran's wide brown eyes. Not a one. There's only a couple of hundred girls in my age group at all. And of those, only a few have the same interests as I do. And of those... There are none. There were none. That very night, they made love. And afterward, they laid together and spoke more, and made love again. The next morning, 
When Captain Yohei called Lon to the conference room to resume the talks, neither Lon nor Kataran woke up. Madrine, could you get me those blueprints, please? Sure, Ior. Here you go. Lon, and just where were you this morning? I, uh... Kinda had a long night and slept hard. It seems Captain Karen was also late to the meeting. She must have had a long night, too. Look, I'm just here to see what you found out about the cloning machine. While you were busy testing your... diplomatic skills, Ior and I have been busy ourselves. It's quite a nice machine. It was pre-programmed with the exact genetic code of the woman and the man, and when they want a kid, they just dial one up, feed it some raw materials, and it pops out a fetus. Pops out? Well, it's a bit more technical than that. They take the fetus and implant it in the mother. That's what they call impregnating her. From there on, it's pretty much normal. Sadly, the machine has little use for us, except to see an ingenious solution to a problem. No need for it at all? None. The machine's only purpose is to aid reproduction when there's no other way to reproduce. We have no need for it because we can reproduce in the... Um... Yeah. Anyway. So, the machine's a dead end. Anything else? Yes! What? Life expectancy. What about it? How old would you say your fair Captain Garrett was? I don't know. 20? Try 40. 40? 40. You have her birth records? Yes. Hers and everybody's on her ship. What? I or? I know. I'm not even 40, and I'm going to retire soon. She's 40 and in the prime of her youth. But... How old can she get? The oldest living person on their ship is 140 years old. A hundred and... That's... We could live out our lives twice, and they'd just be considering retirement. Have you told the captain? Yes. He wants to know if we can find out why. We've got their genetic blueprints, but we don't have any tools to analyze them. If they could mate, we could crossbreed and get some of their genes in our pool. But they're sterile. So all we can do is practice. Okay. Thanks, I gotta go. Why doesn't that surprise me? To a meeting. Goodbye, Lon. Have fun. At your meeting. For Captain Yohei and the rest of the Umbra, the weeks of the rendezvous were becoming trying. Diplomacy eventually gave way to arguing. It's not my fault the chickens ate the corn. You shouldn't have stored them together. But now you have the chickens and the corn, because they ate it. And arguing gave way to petty fighting. Lon, I think those clonies are lying to us. The far travelers don't like the term clony. They don't call us sicklies. Not to our faces. These freaks are obviously wizards at this gene stuff, and they could probably point out the exact gene that gives them 90 years on us, but they won't because they're jealous that we don't need a machine to make kids. For Lon, the weeks of the rendezvous flew by far too quickly. Every night in his room was lived with Cataran like it would be their last, and every day in the medical bay was spent ignoring the gazes of anger from Madrine and amusement from Ior. He actually said that. He actually said that. If they're so great at genetics, why don't they just make themselves able to have kids? Because they can't. 
The clonies don't know anything about genetics except how to run that machine. Do you have to call them clonies? For the residents of the Far Traveler, the weeks of the rendezvous were simply far too long. I don't know why we're still docked. Captain Cataron is trying to fix the trade problems. There's no fixing these problems. I don't think the sicklies live long enough to mature to the point where they can talk rationally. Huh, sicklies. Nice. For Captain Cataran, the weeks of the rendezvous were a routine. Every day, she alone made the trip from her ship to the Umbra. Every night, she spent in the arms of Lawn. Every morning, she made the trek back to her ship to convince her crew to stay just a little longer. But we're nearing an agreement on helium. You can't tell me we don't need helium. But for all, whether they looked forward to it or dreaded it, the end finally came. After a full week of stalled talks, Cataran could not convince her shipmates any longer. Captain, we can leave at any time. I'm going over there one more time. To see him? To try to restore talks. Her reason for going back was not to restore talks. She had given up on those long ago. However, this time she was not making the trip to see Lawn. Latrine, we have an examination to do today on a young woman. What kind of examination? The young lady in question is worried about her health and has asked for a full physical. She's worried that cross contamination of the two ships has gotten her sick. But contact has been so limited. Nobody has had any close contact with the other ship. At least no woman has. This one has. Hello. You must be my dream. Well, look at that. Please, Captain, sit on the bed here. Why didn't you go to your own medical bay? If I am sick, you have a better chance of having a cure than my ship. And if I'm not... Open your mouth. Ah, uh, so you know my name. You have come up in conversations. This might be a bit uncomfortable. Hold this bar for a moment. You're gonna feel a little pinch. Ow! You must have a different meaning for a little pinch than we do. Not our ship, just our doctors. Turn to the side so I can look in your ears. So I hope you heard good things. Yes, Lon has brought you up. He hasn't said much. He wouldn't. I've put two and two together. Have you? Yes, and now that I've met you, the equation's balancing. Ow! Sorry, I have to get that one while you're distracted. Mart reads false. That's the last surprise. I hope it's the last painful one. Oh no, there's more of that. So what does your vast mathematical functioning tell you? I think you know. Do I? Yes, she does. You stay out of this. Captain Cataran, lie back. Okay, the scan will take a few minutes. During that time, you need to lie perfectly still. We'll go over the tests and you should know something by the end of the scan. If you have a cold or something that your immune system can't handle, we should be able to give you something for it. I wouldn't worry too much. I just hope that's all it is. Lon sat at the bottom of the elevator, at the very lowest point of the ship, where gravity was strongest. <sighs> tomorrow. They're leaving tomorrow. Lon knew that after today, life on the Umbra would quickly go back to normal. She's leaving tomorrow. 
The far traveler would drift away, and they could see each other on the screen for a few weeks until they got too far for a video link. Then they could talk, maybe for another few weeks, and then she'd be gone. And I'll never see her again. Forever. We'll never touch again. Law knew as surely as he knew that a sickly would not be welcome on her ship, a clony would not be welcome on his. And we'll never be together again. Ever. Well, you have a clean bill, Captain. Madrine, check the full body scan, please. Let's see. So I'm not sick? At all? You don't sound happy about that. That's because there's only one explanation. And I just found it. What? You found what I feared you would, didn't you? Found what? Madrine, why are you just standing there? What did you find? She's pregnant. To be concluded. In order of actor appearance, Wesley Clifford was the narrator, Bob Vogerl played Lawn, Lisa Clifford was Cataran and all other women of the Far Traveler, Jeffrey Vargo was Captain Yohei, and Jamie Bartle played both Ior and Madrine. And I would like to greatly thank our special guest stars, Mignon Fogarty and Adam Lowe, from the Absolute Science Podcast at Welltopia.com. Mignon played an unnamed woman from the Umbra, and Adam was all men from the Far Traveler. The National Safety Council warns Americans that the most common accidents occur within 20 feet of your own front door. Honey, I'm going out to check the mail. Yes, it's the time you think you're the safest, that you're in the most danger. Within 20 feet of your own front door. Honey, I'm going out to get the paper. National Safety Council advises that you use extreme caution whenever you are within 20 feet of your own front door. Honey, I'm going to let the cat out. (coughs) To be completely safe, never come within 20 feet of your own front door. Honey, pass the ketchup, will you? Pass what? The ketchup! Okay, here it comes! Tomorrow, we'll discuss the threat of killer condiments. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you bleeding? I can't tell. 